and so, you know, but anyways, it's this, it's this amazing movie and an amazing story about this woman who has a voice and, and, uh, and she was made for war. But in that is this phoenix. And my, I don't know, my, is that me? Do I need to do something different? Check, check. Is it, it's all good now. Yeah, they got it. Um, and so anyways, there's this phoenix. Oh, it's not there. Dang it. <laughs> Let me just try. Let me just try in the front pocket. Is it is it this thing that's doing it? Yes. Okay. Um, so there's this Phoenix, and and I realize like man, in like two weeks we're going to Phoenix. So the next day I, I sit down with my daughter and I'm like, we're having breakfast. I'm not even moving. Maybe we gotta go to handheld. We can. Let's see. Let's just see if it does it one more time, and then we'll do it. We'll move it. But um, but anyways, we're 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 sitting down for breakfast, and I was talking to my six-year-old daughter. Hand me the microphone. <laughs> this is off. That's off. Check check. There we go. Oh no. <laughs> must be, must be. I mean, this is Bobby Connor. Bobby Connor. He would have a lot of technical difficulties. And uh, one time, I was with him, and he's like. That's the power of God, and a light just exploded, like one of those lights. And, and Bobby would always be like, yeah, a lot of churches sometimes are hesitant to invite me because I'll blow up their sound system, like with, like, the anointing. <laughs> but we just pray for the sound system to be okay. Um, but anyways, so I'm sitting down with my daughter at breakfast, and I'm like, uh, Braille, do you realize we're going to Phoenix? And they're like, she's like, wait, What? We're going to Phoenix? And I go, yeah, you've never been to Arizona. This is a new state that you've never been to before. And we're going to the city of Phoenix. And she's like, did they name it after Mulan? Is that why they named it Phoenix? And I'm like, no, no. And it made me think of something of like, wow. Like I came here the weekend before. I'm going to show a trailer in a second, and I'll explain the trailer. But I came here the weekend before my first prayer paddle. And I think I talked about it with you guys on Sunday. That was in January, the last weekend of January. And I flew from Phoenix to San Diego and did my first prayer paddle where I did 37 miles in five days on a stand-up paddleboard, which, you know, you kind of go like walking. Uh, so it's like almost two marathons I did in five days of paddling. And, uh, and I'll break that down a little bit more. But I went to Phoenix in January, and then when I was per paddling, we would pray for people uh, while driving a lot. And so uh, we pulled up to this one truck, and there was three guys in there. I'm like, hey, do you have pain in your left knee? And the guy's like, yeah, I do. How did you know that? And I prayed for him. He got healed, and the light turned green. And, you know, I like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, he heals on wheels. And, but I was, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll see people on the street, like walking on the sidewalk, and I'll just declare something over them. And, you know, it's just like this little machine gun prophecy encouragement. And I was declaring over people, you're a phoenix. Not like connecting the dots that I just came from phoenix. But though it was the whole thing of you're a phoenix, like you're rising out of the ashes. Like, you know, 2000, 2021 is going to be way better than 2020. And you're a phoenix, you're rising out of the ashes of 2020. Like I would say that over people. Yep. And then my fifth. Uh, my fifth day of my prayer paddle, I hear God say, Chad, do you realize that I'm declaring that over you? That you're a phoenix rising out of the ashes. 
And I have spoken here, I think it was like a year ago or maybe, I don't know when it was, uh, where I spoke about what I went through with my car accident. You guys remember that? Dealing with PTSD and, and building a well of peace and, and encountering the God of hope. Well, uh, the Lord just started saying, you're rising out of the ashes. And the prayer paddle, uh, I had a dream the third night of my prayer paddle that I woke up in a cave full of bears and the bears woke up and we all came out of the cave and we started eating salmon. And so I knew that that was, you know, God saying, hey, you're coming out of hibernation. You're coming out of the cave. And really it, it felt like, you know, 2014 to 2021 where I had a dream January 10th that I shared with you guys where the Lord said, I want you to paddle and pray for America. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been interceding and praying for America. I've gone 130 miles open water, and I've gone like 20 miles on the river, and I've gone like 10 miles on a lake. So I've done like 160 miles, 150 miles of just paddling and praying. And, uh, and so anyways, my, my little girl, she was so excited. We're going to Phoenix, you know, like this is Mulan. And and I feel like there's people in this room that I just want to just pray over and declare that you're a phoenix, that you're rising out of the ashes, that you have to understand the, Joseph, Joseph was holding on to a dream, was holding on to a promise, and his journey through that was, was pretty crazy, you know, like his, his brothers betray him, beat him up, throw him in a pit, then they sell him into slavery, they convince Joseph's dad, their dad, that Joseph's dead. And then, you know, Joseph goes into Potiphar's house and he starts like, you know, moving in his gifting, his anointing, and then gets falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and then he gets thrown into jail. And then when he interprets the dreams, then he interprets, you know, and they pull him out. When they pull them out, you have to understand, like, they were... When the king decided to pull Joseph out of jail, he was in his familiarity where he, it says they grabbed him in a hurry and ran him to the palace and they shaved his beard. It said they grabbed him and, and, and the whole word in the Hebrew was it was in this hurry, this flash where they shaved his beard. But you have to understand, like when you're in prison for years, you're growing that beard, and that's a place of familiarity. Like, that beard is telling you how long you've been there. They shaved him, and they ran him to the palace. And sometimes we feel like we're stuck, and then there's a suddenly. It's resurrection power. You know, those that have been crucified with Christ have now been resurrected. Therefore, you have resurrection power. And the Lord loves to resurrect dreams. Like, that's who he is. He's the restorer. Did we, like, go too fast, too quick or something like that? Like, I feel like the Lord told me coming, you know, on this trip, like, to just declare over you guys that you're a phoenix, that you're rising out of the ashes. I mean, this is where you live. And this, it was really interesting with the name thing during worship and how, you know, the power of your name, the power, like you understand land has a destiny, right? Like land has anointing. 
Not only do you have an anointing or many anointings, but also the land. Phoenix is a place for like resurrection. It's a place to rise out of the ashes. This is overcoming spirit. So for those that are just feeling weary, those that are feeling like they need some resurrection going on, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's, you know, you know, I mean, for me, it was stuff that I let go and trusted in God, and then he brought it back in his timing. And it's that place of trust, that you trust that he's a good dad, that Israel gets delivered out of Egypt, and what should have taken a few weeks to get to the promised land took him 40 years. God so cares about your heart, and he so cares about the journey that you would discover him and he's patient. Thank God. You know, I went through this, like, crazy season where, you know, the first point of trauma was losing my grandma September 2014. And then it was this place of trust. Then my car accident was, like, the last notch of October 2018. And so that's, like, four years. And then I kind of... That was like the turning point for me where I began to build this well of peace and this well of hope. But, you know, we have, I think I read this last time when I was with you guys, was Romans 15, 13, where, you know, obviously the doorway of the God of hope to, to come into and encounter the God of hope, to experience all joy and all peace in those that trust him. That the doorway is trust that we have to walk through the doorway of trust to encounter the God of hope. And so it's so important for us to understand that when we're going on our journey with God, that we trust him, that we might have things that, that die, but God is the God of resurrection. Jesus. So I know we're, we're just going to like just flow. So if there is... Something in you that says, man, I need God to resurrect this. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. I need God to resurrect this. I want you to stand up, and I'm just going to declare that you're a phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> the end. He said I only had 10 minutes, so this is it. No, I'm joking. I'm messing around. I'm messing around. <laughs> But, Lord, right now, we just thank you for resurrection power. We thank you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, Lord, that I thank you, Lord, that you have resurrected dreams in my life. And so, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would resurrect relationships, opportunities. Lord, that you would take us full circle, but that you would teach us along the way, that we would learn about your nature along the way, that that was what Israel was called to begin to discover the God of the miraculous, to discover the God that brings us into the promised land in front of giants. And giants, their destiny are to fall. Giants, like, if you're going to be a giant killer, you need to be comfortable and familiar with giants. You're going to see giants every now and again. But, Lord, we just thank you that giants, their destiny is to bow to Jesus. Giants' destiny are to die. So, Lord, we just pray, Lord, for that resurrection power, Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we would serve the enemy, the eviction notice, and say, hey, no longer are you allowed to live in my land. 
And so, Lord, I pray that we would become familiar with the giants in our life, and then we would begin to see them fall. But, Lord, we pray for resurrection power. We declare over this community that they're a phoenix, and they're rising out of the ashes. Whatever has died, that you begin to resurrect. And so, Lord, let the winds blow again. I'll never forget Bob Jones prophesied over my dad when he was in, like, the dark night of the soul, and he said, Boy, let the winds blow again. And my dad got called into full-time ministry. And so, Lord, let the winds blow again. Dreams that have been put on the shelf, dreams that we thought have passed us by for when we were just young. God, I pray for full circle moments. And, Lord, that we would be like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. Amen. All right, you could sit down. Jesus. Okay, so let's do this. Let's do this trailer. This is um, just from the first prayer paddle that I did. We're making a prayer documentary. We're coming out with seven episodes somewhere around there. Hopefully mid-August they'll be coming out. But this is the trailer. And I feel like I'm going to talk about prayer a little bit this morning. But I feel like the Lord is raising up prayer warriors and that you would begin to discover your prayer mat. And that you're not limited or restricted to one prayer mat, but that you have many, many, many prayer mats. And that you begin to discover what those are. And so this is one of my prayer mats, and this is the, this is the trailer. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of in shock right now. That's why we're here, is, is that God called me to pray for Orange County. This is where I was born, and it's a pretty epic spot to pray and to connect with God. And sometimes you just gotta jump in, yeah? Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is what we're crying out for. God, heal our land. Heal our land. Lord, we just come in humility and we say, heal our land. We just say, yes, Jesus, stretch out your hand for healing. Lord, the people would jump in the ocean and they would discover your beauty. They would discover your goodness. This was probably the greatest prayer experience that I've ever had in my life. Jesus! That's one of the best worship services I've been in. So yeah, that is one of the best worship services I've ever been in. I mean, to join a worship service, you know, that doesn't involve music, instruments, songs, a worship service that's been going on for over 10,000 years, where you join with creation, that's in intercession, you... You know, I have this prayer in, like, the second episode where I'm praying, like, God, let us join in this worship service where all the fishies, the 
the, you know, the birds of the air, the sharks. I encountered a shark on the second purr paddle. It was pretty fun. Stuff like that's fun to me. Yeah, that's emergency tongues. It's emergency tongues. I've done emergency tongues a few times, but I feel like I feel like I want to just release just this word, just begin to stir up prayer warriors in this room. You know, and, and I was talking with Zach. Zach's a good friend of mine, and uh, we were talking about the mountain of superstition. Superstition mountain. And I was praying, and I, like, went into a vision uh, where I saw people walking up the mountain, and they were coming down glowing. And I feel like it's a mount of, like, transformation. Like, like people are going to be transformed. But I feel like also, like, God was speaking to me about there's going to be prayer warriors in this congregation that go on hikes. There's going to be people that go on hikes to take the land. Like, that was probably my second prayer paddle, God was talking to me about feet. And he's like, I want you to take videos of your feet. Like, were you walking on the beach or walking out the airplane? Like, there's something about feet and, and, and about authority. Like, you know, in order for you to take the land, you've got to, like, be in the land. <laughs> your feet have to take you there. And it's so crazy that, like, my, you know, I'm paddling, and so the Pacific Ocean is just, like, hitting my feet the whole time. Like, I'm taking land that not many people have taken. You know, and so... <clears throat> But there is, that where your feet tread, he gives you that land as your inheritance, right? And so I think that the Lord really wants to raise up creative ways to be a prayer warrior in this area. But I feel like there's something about Superstition Mountain that it's a real, it's a thin place. You know, and I've been to a lot of places around the world, and I'll, you'll encounter places that are thin places where it's just... You could really connect with God, but also there's a lot of demonic stuff there, and but there's all that stuff to be redeemed. Like, like first of all, this just, you know, grab this whole thing about the enemy, is God is never threatened by the devil. He who sits in the heavens and laughs at the plans of the enemy. It's so important for us as Christians to be aware of the plans of the enemy, but not be consumed with the plans of the enemy. You, it's, it, it's very, like, military strategy, you know, if anyone's been in the military in this room, you know, like, you want to know the plans of the enemy, right? You don't want your head to be in the sand and be ignorant. Like, no, you want to know the plans of the enemy, but you're not consumed with the plans of the enemy. So... <clears throat> I mean, I love it when the enemy shows up and it's like, all right, you're putting cards on the table. Let's go. Jeez, okay, you want me to tell you a crazy story? <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm a little crazy, but you should be a little crazy when you know Jesus and what's possible. But I, I remember being uh, 19 years old or, yeah, no, I just turned 20 and I went to Indonesia to be a missionary there. And... I went to this village that's animalistic, so they're worshiping nature, and uh, they have a, you know, this demon that they're, like, they have an idol to, they have food, they've got money, they've got a live chicken uh, chained up to the, to the altar, to this demon, and so I show up, I know, this is like 2.0, this is rated 
G for God. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. This is it's going to be fine. Julia is a little nervous, but she gets nervous around me. But uh, I mean, I'm so happy that she's here. Like, honey, I've shared stories about us when we first went to the movies together and saw Bruce Almighty, and you gave that altar call and. First time we went to, uh, on a date, we went to the emergency room. That was pretty amazing. Saw people get healed. I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy stuff together. St. Patrick's grave. Did I share that story ever in here? No, no, I shouldn't do story within a story. Let me get this one done. Yeah, you didn't? Okay, well, maybe I'll have Julia come up and we'll share it together. But, um, so I was in Indonesia, and... You hear these rustling in the leaves, and out comes this demon that you can see. It's nine feet tall. And he looks at me, and he grabs the chicken, and he bites the chicken's head off. And something in me just got excited. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, game on. If you're going to come and do this, like, I look at the, uh, who's the witch doctor, and me and my translator, and I said, who in your village can your gods can't heal? Who in your village, like, you know, your, your gods, like, they're still in that disease or whatever. And, they, and then the witch doctor goes, well, that's my son who was born blind and deaf. And every time we, like, try to heal him, he gets, you know, this, like, crippled pain throughout his body. And so I'm like, all right, well, where is he? Let's pray for him. So we pray for him. And his eyes, you know, I mean, his, his ears open. He starts freaking out. And then he starts saying, and I go, dad, dad, dad. And he starts saying, dad. And so, and then he's, and then, and then his dad's like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, my son is healed. He's 12 years old. And I said, and he goes, who is this Jesus? And I tell him about Jesus. And then I, I tell him, let's get your village together. And it ended up being a couple of villages coming together where we shared what happened with the son. And we brought his son out. And, and people started manifesting demons. I had never done a personal deliverance before ever. I've seen them, been around them, see the intercessors, you know, like come on, like they always have like a little door under like the, the, the stage or something like that, and they all come out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> With their buckets, the deliverance buckets, throw up in here. And I'm like, game on, let's go for it. And the whole, like, one-third of them started levitating. One-third of them started slithering like snakes. And one-third started throwing up. And I was like, God, what do we do? Like, because I've never done a deliverance before. Like, what do we do? Like, and he goes, you need to take authority. And you need, and I had this open vision where I saw them uh, in chains. And he said that they had given their authority over to the enemy, and they need to repent and give authority to me. And so I'm like, basically led them to the Lord, led them to Jesus, and, and then I, I had them repent for giving their authority to these other demons, to these other gods, and they all started getting delivered. It was amazing. We built a church there. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, but you have to understand that it started where the enemy tries to intimidate. He tries to taunt you. He tries to do all things to get you out of being connected with the creator of the universe, if God is for me, who can be against me? 
There has to be, like, when things come against you, you, you there's got to be little things that you say, these scriptures where you learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord, and then you begin to remind yourself of this is who I am. I'm not called to just eke my way through life and live a boring life. Like, no, like, let's go and destroy the works of the devil as Jesus did. And you do that through worship. You do that, you do that through joy. You do that through healing the sick. You do that through all that, you know, Casting out demons, like, you are destroying the works of the devil by focusing on advancing the kingdom of heaven, being about your father's business. So my name, Chad, means spiritual warrior. Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But, I mean, that's just who I am. I'm like, man, I'm called to be a spiritual warrior. Let's do the, let's do Ireland. So Julie and I went to Ireland in 2010. Yeah, 2010. We went to Ireland. And, um, and I love St. Patrick. My grandma is a charismatic Catholic. And uh, she's since graduated to be with the Lord. Um, but uh, she would always tell me about all the saints. And so she would tell me about St. Patrick and cursing the snakes and, you know, doing standoffs with the Druids and where you would, like, walk on these hot coals and then preach the gospel. And, you know, like he, you know, anyways, we could go on and on about St. Patrick. But we got to go to his grave. And when you go to graves, it's not a weird thing. It's an honor thing. It's, it's God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he's done with one person, he could do again with another. And so there's something about studying, there's something about honoring, and there's something about redigging the wells of revival. And that is one of the facets of prayer, is that you would begin to, you know, let people cut you deep, that you would be in an impartation service every day of your life. And when you hear about someone getting victory or getting somebody, whether they're alive today or, they're, or they died decades and centuries ago, if, if it's possible for them to get that place and that equity with God, then it's possible for me. So we go to St. Patrick's grave, and we're about ready to, like, kneel down and say, God, we're so thankful for what you did with St. Patrick. Do it again in our lives. And this whole tour bus shows up. Jules, come on up here. You, you should share. You should share this testimony. So this tour bus comes up, and I'm like, I look at Julie, and I'm like, I don't think this is the right time to, like, get on our knees and, like, cry out to God. Like, let's just let them take their pictures, and then we'll, we'll go for it. And then I look over, I'm like, I look over at Julie, and I'm like, well, we're here. They're here. We're waiting. We might as well, like, get some words of knowledge and pray for people. And so I go over to this guy, and I go, hey, do you have pain in your left shoulder? And he's like, no. Who are you? Like, why would you ask me this question? And I'm like, oh, sometimes we hear from God. Yeah, he kind of got mad. Go ahead. Well, sometimes people get mad when you give them a word of knowledge. We just have to move past that. And so we asked him again, right? Why ask the lady? We'll just go back and forth. So, so yeah, so he wasn't too happy. So I was like, well, I'm going to go pray for someone that will receive. So I went over to this lady, and I'm like, hey, do you have pain in your left shoulder? And she goes, yeah. I mean, uh, pain in my left shoulder. Pain in the left wrist. And she goes, Yeah. And so I, I touch her left wrist, and she goes, oh. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? She's like, I feel like I just got electrocuted. And I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. Let's just, let's just keep praying. That's the Holy Spirit. God wants to heal you. And so we start praying for her. And then this other lady goes, I have pain in my, like, right shoulder. And, and then Julia starts praying for her. And then the, that older man goes, I do have pain in my left shoulder. Will you please pray for me? 
sometimes, by the way, if you go do an evangelism and stuff and you go and ask people, stuff, sometimes they'll lie to you. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> There's grace. But, um, but anyways, Jules, you take it from here. It was just really cool. I th- wasn't it like a, um, wasn't it kind of like a retired yes, they were retirement all, they were all bus? So, I mean, it was pretty easy shot, right? Because sometimes when you get older, you have pain and aches and pains or whatever. I think arthritis got healed. A bunch of people's wrists and arms got healed. Yeah, it was pretty fun. We were just praying. We just basically did a healing service there. And then people wanted to know, like, who the real Jesus was. Apparently, they went back. We got the information from the tour bus guide. And, you know, there's a big protestant and catholic thing there and so basically we heard later that the whole bus received jesus because they experienced him first by being healed the tour guide led him to the lord so that was really cool that was pretty awesome yeah i love seeing crazy stuff with julia that's always a blast whether it's africa she saved my life many times. You talk about intercessor. Julia is an intercessor. And first of all, let's just hit that thing. Like prayer warriors, there's different types of prayer. Uh, there's different types of speaking in tongues. But also there's intercessors. And you know, my grandma was an intercessor. You know, she just was like, she would pray all through the night. She would have these times of intercession. And to be an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. Someone who is connected to heaven, connected to the Father, and connected to their land. And I think we've had a lot of articulation of intercession and prayer as vertical, which is great. Like we have, you know, really established a lot of awareness and understanding of how to connect with heaven and how to connect with the Father and having IHOP and having different expressions. But one thing that we have not done the best in where I feel like God wants to just like take us to the next level is how to be connected to the Father and connected to the land at the same time. Like there is prayer and intercession in the sanctuary of the Lord, but we need to understand that we're called to pray without ceasing. Oh, Jesus. Like, I remember being in Norway in 2006, and I was doing a question and answer time in a conference, and they asked me, Chad, how much do you pray? Do you have certain seasons that you pray more? Do you have a certain time of the year that you go on a fast? And I was about ready to tell them, like, my journey in prayer and fasting, and the Lord says, you need to tell them that you pray all the time. You need to tell them that you pray 24-7, and I'm talking to God and I, during this question and answer time, I'm like, God, you know my life. I do not pray 24-7. And he goes, no, 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 no. Your spirit is in communion with my spirit. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You are always, you know, it's about being aware. This place of intentionality, this place of awareness of his presence, not just when you come to church, but 24-7, that you'd be aware of his presence. Whether that's going to the movies, whether that's going, doing your taxes, that you would be aware of his presence. You know, Jesus says, hey, these demons don't come out only through prayer and fasting, and then he delivers. Like he didn't pray or fast. But he was moving out of equity, you know, the the times that we know that he fasted was in the 40 days 
where he denied himself food and he went on the spiritual journey and then like he had equity where he's like, oh yeah, these don't come out only through prayer and fasting. Boom, come out. I mean, Daniel, who's displacing the prince of Persia, like he, he went on this 21-day fast. It's a time of intentionality, but we need to understand like as an intercessor, there's intentionality, that there's building equity with God, and that, that it's going on 24-7. That you would have many memorial stones. Jesus. All right, I'm going to read, I'm going to make this a, a legal meeting. And there's uh, my Bible. This is my Bible. Oh, it's 1044. i got to land the plane. Then this is where I'll land the plane, right here. My fellow believers, this is James 1, 1, verse 2. My fellow believers, this is a passion translation. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that your faith is tested. It stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And I just want to hit on this because I've been going on these prayer journeys where I am paddling. I am exerting myself spiritually, mentally, and physically. And I've noticed it after I get through the third day, if I go on longer than three-day paddles, there's something that hits maybe in the day two, but mostly in day three and on, this spiritual ketosis. That's the only way I could describe it. I, I'm, I'm an endurance guy. When I ran... My first, when I ran a marathon in 2013 or 14, I think it was 14, May 2014, when I was running my marathon in the Redwoods of California, which was an amazing place to run a marathon, I heard the Lord say, Chad, I have built you for endurance. Like if you're going to be more than an overcomer, that means there's things for you to overcome. But there is this, like, place of prayer where you begin to step into this, like, spiritual ketosis where it's like a thin place in heaven. It's a thin place, like, with the Father where you're so connected to him. But also, I'm in my land paddling, and I'm feeling so connected to my land. And what's important is I'm not just prayer paddling, but I'm ministering to drug and alcohol treatment centers. I'm taking special needs kids out surfing. I'm, you know, um, I mean, there's so many different things that I'm doing. We're seeing lifeguards get saved. We're doing worship on piers, as you saw in the, you know, there's something about being connected, and this is what I'll end with, being connected with heaven and the Father and your land. But in order to be connected to your land, you got to get in your land. Jesus, it says in Matthew 9, that he was with the people and he realized that they were sheep without a shepherd and he had compassion on them and then he began to heal them. That was one of the greatest models and example of how to be connected to the people of your land, to let the people of your land cut you deep. He says that he was with the people. He was in this horizontal intercession where he allowed people to cut him deep. Oh my gosh, they're sheep without a shepherd. He saw their, their, their trauma, their pain, their hurt, but he didn't leave them. His compassion didn't leave them where they were because he was connected to the Father. Then he began to heal them. And if we want to grow in authority, 
We have to let the land cut us deep. Jesus climbed up the mountain and looked over Jerusalem and wept. When's the last time we went people watching, you know, in like a town square or, you know, just like where a lot of people hang out and you just get in that place where you let people cut you deep. Jesus let the woman at the well cut him deep. He let Zacchaeus cut him deep. You have to let the people of your city cut you deep. And then you're going to have authority because you'll begin to flow in that compassion, but you'll have authority that comes from being a son, from being a daughter of the father. Jesus. So I feel like the Lord is releasing prayer warriors. And, I, and just to hit this, is I feel like he's releasing authenticity because that is one of the biggest ingredients for authority is knowing who you are in Christ. That there's something about me that when I was five years old is one of my first memories of hearing the voice of God when I was five in the ocean, in Newport Beach, 34th Street. It's one of the first places that I remember hearing God's voice. And it's this place of authenticity that that is one of my prayer mats. It's not my only one. I've got many different prayer mats to go and connect with God. But this is one place where I'm like, man, this is authentically who I am. Jesus. So just put your hand in your heart. I feel like the Lord wants to raise up prayer warriors but he wants to give you creative ideas on how to be prayer warriors, but also he wants to give you creative ideas on how to be connected to your land. And that you'd begin to say yes to being connected to the Father and to your land, that you would let people cut you deep, whether it be at Trader Joe's, whether it be at Game 7 Phoenix Suns. We just call that forth. But, Lord, I pray that you would raise up prayer warriors. You would raise up intercessors that stand in the gap, that, that become friends of God like Abram did. God of righteous, if 100 righteous are in my city, will you spare it? Okay, well, 50 righteous, will you spare it? And then he got down to 10, and then he stopped. And it's this place where you would begin to be an intercessor for Arizona, for Phoenix, for America, for the nations, for all the injustice. Like, we have to understand the blood of the land is crying out. And that God is looking for friends that stand in the gap. That say yes to letting the land cut them deep. Letting people around them, letting their community cut them deep. And so, Lord, I pray that you would enlarge our capacity. Lord, that we would have a stake in the ground that we would begin to learn on, on how to get into our city and that you would begin to break compartmentalization in the body of Christ, that the intercessors, prayer warriors are over here and the evangelists are over there. The evangelists are the extroverts and the sevens on the Enneagram and the, and the, and the intercessors are the, you know, the homebodies and the, the weirdos or they're the little more introverted. Like, no, we just break out. Everyone's called to pray and everyone's called to the Great Commission. So, Lord, I just pray for any of us that are feeling like, I don't think I'm an intercessor. I don't think I'm a prayer warrior. Well, maybe you just haven't discovered your authentic prayer mat yet. So, Lord, I pray for discovery. I pray, Lord, that you would awaken prayer warriors. Amen.